So, hey people, how you doing this evening? This is OG Cripload, aka Boobies on Deck. So, um, I'm up kind of late tonight and thought, hey, let me go ahead and uh, post a podcast. So I'm just sitting out here enjoying, I'm sorry, enjoying the evening or the early morning outside. Um, the air is kind of cool. Well, it's pretty cool, but I like it. It's cold out, but not cold to where I'm freezing. I actually have on shorts right now. I'm on the West Coast, and... um you know how the weather could be in the summertime in the wee hours of the morning. So, um, like I was saying, I just wanted to get on here and uh, share a little, share a couple of thoughts and um, send some thank yous and appreciation out to all the people that have supported me, the positive comments. All the encouraging words, man. I mean, you guys just don't know how touching it is to uh, receive so much love from so many people. Um, It is amazing to have it happen. Well, actually, it's amazing to see it happen to somebody else. And then for it to have it happen to yourself, it's just... Um, it's humbling for me. It's very humbling. Um, if you guys don't know, I'm going to go ahead and tell you. Um, I did a 1998 video on uh, YouTube with streetgangs.com. Uh, Curtis Kelly, Watch Mafia Crip. All right. So, from that, uh, you know, I made some 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 good statements, some good points, valid, very valid points, and um, to this day have been somewhat prophetic. But I don't claim to be a prophet. I'm not some sort of soothsayer, or foreseer, or you know, psychic or anything like that. I just have what I call premonitions. Well. I mean, they're just premonitions. And sometimes it goes off basically what I'm observing around me. And it's just obvious if you look at history and how things repeat itself, you just basically, you, you, you just came up with a different set of cards with the same game. So the prophetic word of what I said that those years ago actually turned out to be how LA, I mean, sorry, LA is right now. And um, I just wanted to uh, say that coming back after so long being gone, I've been going here now about 18 years, but I'm actually on the land now and I'm enjoying myself. Been going through some struggles here and there. Um, I don't like to claim 
defeat or uh, depressive, depressing statements. So I stick away. I stay away from those things and just concentrate mostly on positive um, reinforcements for even myself, affirmations and stuff like that. So um, with that being said, the most recent updated video I did with uh, streetgangs.com has a part two. So there's part one and part two. And um, both um, segments are really touching. I had to go back and watching myself and just looking at myself, it just like took me back to the things that I was saying. Like, you know, I was speaking it at the moment, but, and also feeling it, knowing the incidences. Yet, when I look back on the video a couple of times, um, I really felt myself like, wow, I've been holding that in for so long. Those feelings, those statements, that passion, you know, I haven't really been able to express that for a long time. A lot of stuff that I, that I shared on that video, um, was expressed out of um, combustion, I guess, for lack of better words. Um, you know, if you would say steam, you know, uh, builds pressure and pressure busts pipes. And that's basically um, kind of sort of how it was been in that, in that video. <laughs> um, I just wanted to be totally honest and straightforward. You know, I'm not claiming to be one of the toughest guys in the hood. Never have, but I'm not a punk. You know, I go toe-to-toe with some of the toughest guys in the hood. And that would probably, you know, make people think twice about me. But it's never, uh, I never carry myself with the attitude of aggression. You know, that's just not me. It's not me. Yeah, I know how to protect myself. Um, so that video, the most recent one, was based on, um, you know, me losing my brother. Uh, actually, the same year I did the first video. Yeah. Uh, I think I did the video uh, that first year in uh, maybe... Let me see, April or something of 1998, and my brother was murdered in December 7th of 1998. Uh, So that follow-up interview, the updated interview, um, captures all of that. Um, I was able to express some things on the video about some personal issues with my with my family my dad in particular and um you know i was actually just thinking not too long ago that for me to to uh just be so 
excuse me, so passionate about being a man of peace, right? Um, me being honest with myself, came to the terms that I haven't really be, you know, I don't really have peace with my father. And I'm talking about my birth father, not the father in heaven. That's for a whole nother day and it's another subject, but not gonna get in that, but yeah, my dad, um, never really had uh, what I would consider a close bonded relationship, except for when I was younger. And um, I think that was during the times when, you know, took me fishing and went to Magic Mountain, Disneyland, Knott's Farm. Uh, I think we did Medieval Time once. I'm not too certain about that, but I just want to say thank you to my father for those things that he did do to spend time with me. He taught me a lot. Like he would just say, come here, boy, pay attention. You might learn something. While he was fixing on cars and things in the house, you know, um, taking out the trash, you know, just being a man all the way around, I really took a hold of that and I thank him for that. <laughs> that there was another side to that um, that was horrifying to me as a child growing up. I was terrified just about every day coming home from school from the age of about, mm, well, well, when I was able to think for myself, I guess, in a sense. Um, so I would say for from about maybe four and a half, five, when my dad brought me to California, he, uh, myself and my sister, um, So from that age, so I would say four and a half to about, let me see, maybe, uh, let's see, to about, from four and a half, I'm sorry guys, uh, from four and a half to about the age of, let's say about 15, is when I live in total fear of my dad returning home. I mean, it went further than that too, beyond that in years, but after a certain age, he stopped whooping me and it turned into something totally different. <laughs> um, he just, it was just straight out neglect after that. Um, uh, so, yeah, there are times when, you know, the issue about, you know, abuse with my father has gotten so heavy that um, it just, you know, made, made me just not even like hearing his name or 
anything sometimes because guess what my name is the same as his and I don't like that because I think I'm too original to have that name or just to have a name after someone else um but that that second interview has two parts to it and in the first one was speaking on how I lost my brother and how well he wasn't my blood brother but we were that close and um, he really looked out you know for me like a big brother and I appreciate him for that because he was there for me when my dad would kick me out all right um, and we used to like sleep in the park and benches and you know what I'm saying uh, out in cars abandoned houses and stuff like that you know just thugging it out as young teenagers and shit cause he was a couple of years older than me so I brought him home to introduce him to my, my family cause basically we was both out in the streets kinda sorta even though he stayed down the street with his grandmother but he didn't stay down the street with his grandmother yeah, so he came to come, you know, came with us, and we welcomed him in, open arms, man. He's the coolest dude in the world, man. His name is Scott, Arquil, well, I'm sorry, Dewan Arquilla Scott. Everybody called and known him as Scott. And man, he was, man, he was a beast, so. Yeah, I was like, yeah, Dad, this this is my best friend, Scott, man. You know, then they, 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 uh, they bonded. It was cool. You know, we all bonded, like, yeah. My dad and his two oldest sons. Scott being older than me. Alright, so um, um I, I noticed the division between us because there was a time when I did leave LA for about a year and a half or so and came back to Milwaukee. I mean to to and came back. Uh and Scott was actually living in the house like had his own room and everything. <clears throat> but because I was coming back, he and I had to start sharing it, you know, which was cool. Alright. Um but yeah, I, I noticed the the distance between myself and my father was getting a little further, yet him and Scott were getting closer and it's like, hold on, that's not even your son, and you telling everybody it's your son. So anyway, yeah, that was the issue there. Um, I can go into further detail, but I'd rather have questions asked, you know, so I can answer questions based on what I've been through because I don't want to feel like I'm talking about anybody, you know. Especially when I haven't talked to that person first. Um, I actually want to resolve these issues with my father. You know, uh, it's been long enough. And still he needs to understand and know that I am a man of my own. And have been. And still, I need my father. Okay, I don't need the disciplinary. I don't need a judgmental pastor. I don't need Jesus. I need my dad. So, um, yeah, one day I'm going to, you know, plan a day where I'll give him a call and see if we can actually meet up. Maybe somewhere out in public or at, I don't really want to go to his house. 
you know, because that would be, you know, we need to meet in neutral grounds, basically. <laughs> um, not that anything would happen. I'm just saying we need to be out where he and I can actually talk to each other without the interference of eavesdroppers in our family or, you know, just time being consumed or uh, requested, you know. I, I need to really sit down and have a man-to-man talk with my dad because I do love the man, you know, but I do need to talk to him because once my my brother was murdered, um, I basically left town maybe a year or so after um, and I was, in so many words, erased uh, from from this part of the world. <laughs> He's gone, good, vamoose, bye-bye type stuff. So he started telling everybody that his son died. <clears throat> his son was murdered in a, in, you know, in a robbery attempt. And I'm not sure if he ever mentioned this son being with his other son who survived you know i'm not sure that to be honest with you i haven't gotten so much into that but that's the part that is the most damaging you know when it comes to seeking well somewhat the approval of my father So yeah, that was those years ago, and still kind of sort of recently. Okay, I've been in LA for quite some time. Actually, when I landed here, no one knew I was coming because I I didn't want anybody to know. And if everything had actually gone to according to plan, they still wouldn't know that I'm here. But um, I can't control destiny and time, <clears throat> you know, or other people. So um, I'm just going with the flow at the time, at the moment, and making my own uh, ways, making my own ways as I go with the flow. All right. Uh, so yeah, I, I still haven't seen my dad since I've been here. Haven't really spoken to him. Um, I don't even know if we said hi or bye to each other. Yeah, we did speak a couple of times. We have spoken to each other a couple of times. But it was so brief that it was like we never even had a conversation. So, um, yeah, it's about time that I do make that move to see him. Um, Excuse me. To actually have a sit down, man to man talk to him about the hierarchy, the power he has in our family, and how it's being to me as an outsider looking in, and yes, a part of this family, how to me is being uh, misappropriated. Misappropriated, misappropriated, 
or if I'm saying that word right, please somebody correct me. Um, or uh, mishandled, mismanaged, um, um, uh, taken, taken advantage. I mean, just the fact that everybody kind of like respects my dad, and he he deserved the respect that he gets because he worked for it. He earned it. You know, um, my thing is, uh, with that respect, um, I myself, if I had that type of respect, I wouldn't make people feel as if I am the go-to man between Jesus, wait, 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 between God and Jesus? No. He's the go-to man between you and Jesus. So, um, I don't personally, uh, if I was into Christianity so much, I don't need the pastor to pray for me. I don't care if he is my dad, my uncle, my nephew, my puppy. I don't care. I don't need that person to go to God for me because from what I was taught in the Bible and I'm not saying that I totally agree with it but this is what it, it was what's being taught is that Jesus is the way the truth and the light no man comes unto that God except for him right as far as an approach direct approach so this idea of having this air about you of authority I mean who bestowed this authority on you except for man that's how I, that's how I see it and I, I don't you know and it's not even a matter of disrespect or dishonor my thing is I to me all my life all of my life and I only seek understanding all my life, I have been looking for love, right? So, I am not here to cause any discourse. I don't want to defame anyone. <clears throat> my goal is not to speak down upon anybody because that's something that I had to live with growing up through rejection and neglection. So I, I'm not doing that. That's not my intention at all. <clears throat> I'm not coming off as an arrogant, pompous son challenging his father. <clears throat> That also is far from the case. My whole intention here is to actually have an open dialogue with my father as if, um, you know, he were talking to maybe another pastor that he respected. Not saying that I am, in a sense, on that level, but who's to say that I'm not? Which is my point. So, yeah. I want to talk to my dad uh, 
about you know what let me just go ahead and express how I feel okay and this is going to be as peacefully and humbly done as I possibly can alright um I would like to sit down and actually have a mind to mind um, talk with my father. Um, not a challenge, but a discussion. I would like to see, I would like for him to see how far I have come with what he has taught me how to be, you know, um, how far I have reached beyond his expectations and still have so much more to go. Um, and also how much respect that I do have for him, how much love I do have for him because I dope this out of my dad. I just don't like the things that we have been through as a family. And the things that I see in our family now, according to how, you know, honored my father is, which he, like I said, deserves, yet still the, the sh I, I, should I say arrogance behind it is as if, like I said, He's the go-to man between you and Jesus. And not saying that he specifically, I'm just saying, you know, I, you know, to me, I fear no man. I don't even fear God. That's another day for another subject. Another subject for another day. So we'll get into that one time when somebody asks me why I don't. And still, uh, there's no need for living in fear because you won't be able to live life. So therefore, the things that I do in my life, my decisions, I shouldn't have to feel guilty every moment of the day to the point where I'm depressed about not pleasing God. You know, with all my heart so I um, have come to the conclusion that um, I don't need to waste God's time with any uh, you know any further requests or any uh, feelings of depression any feelings of guilt because if this God is, is really as everyone believes he actually is, then why do I have to feel guilty about the things that I do during the day? You know? Um, I just want to say that this conversation will be a deep one. It really will. And I hope this conversation has a part one, two, three, four, even if it only takes one time, one session. 
you know, um, I don't want to end up crying. I think I want to be past that. Not saying what the moment will bring, because, you know, sometimes I tend to get emotional and that's just the real. Um, but I don't want, I don't even want to feel like that. You know, I don't want to feel in any type of way uh, inferior. You know, I want to stand firm as my own man, not in disrespect of my father and challenge no put in honor of him look at what you have made okay let's have this conversation so yeah um so that video was very deep and part two speaks on the uh, the neighborhood that I grew in being now currently a rival gang. But they're not rivals to us. They're not rivals to me. I don't beef with them. And the issues that started this thing was, you know, like, when does this killing stop? And like my homie said the other day, man, you can't kill everybody. You know, everybody's just not going to die, but you got to stop it somewhere. You know what I'm saying? Because we don't want no more killings, for real. Unnecessarily, just because we don't like your hood <laughs> name. <laughs> Excuse me. You know, some people don't even know what the beef is about. All they know is they join the gang beef. They just want to beef with this hood, and they, or they just want to be hard and show they got heart. And just do do it all again tomorrow, all for the sake of just. Nothing, that's not even really in existence. So the point too is um, to speak on me not beefing with my homies that I grew up with. Because I'm just not going to beef with them. I grew up in that neighborhood right on their block. But I'm from the other side, which is cool. So, and I'm around with my homies. Cause that's just what it is. But I'm not gonna beef with them, man. I love them cats. And some of the little homies out here on both sides putting in all this work was a little, you know. So, that is, that's what that's all about. And basically, I'm not here to beef with anybody. I'm here to live, you know, raise my family. Um, I'm able to get that situated right um, and just be a good man all the way around you know I want to spread love and peace and blessings to all my brothers and sisters spread knowledge I want to spread wisdom and understanding I want to share something with the new generation 
that our elders, my elders, missed the opportunity to do. And that's to spread um, our culture. <clears throat> we have to share certain things with our young people that no one else will tell them to manipulate them to be useful and help, you know. So we have to get into the to the mindset of helping our young brothers and sisters, which is the smallest decisions. A lot of them don't know how to um, uh, fill out applications. They get frustrated. Um, once they drop out of school, um, life just basically ends there. There's no more opportunities after that, which is not the case. Uh, um, let me see. So we have to reach out to those young people. You know, um, some some of them just don't know how to dress. Uh, some gang members want to get out and don't have a way out, and just not that a way out, just a way of change, just seeing something different. You know, they want that. They want something different. But if you continue to see the same garbage every day. And it seems to keep piling up, piling up, piling up. Eventually, you know, of course it's smelling, it's stinking, and eventually either you're going to clean it up or you become a part of that trash. And I'm ready to start cleaning it up because the trash that I'm smelling is a bunch of dead black bodies and it's for the sake of the white man's survival. And that's just the bottom line. One percent of this planet, as far as the final status, runs the rest of the world. Not many people pay attention to that. Maybe only accept the one percent. <laughs> or those that heard of it, think about it, or heard of it, ran across it, but never really think about it enough to contemplate the reality of it. You know, probably don't believe that it's real, but it's actuality. One percent. Let me tell you, the richest man in the world's name is Mansa Musa. His name is not Solomon from the Bible. His name was Mansa Musa. Mansa Musa's net worth, and I just found out, was numbered to be somewhere near 100. And f I mean, I'm sorry, 400 billion dollars. But this wasn't dollars. This was 400 billion worth of gold and this is back during right before the crusades and all that stuff he went around the world this is probably maybe about four or five hundred years before the crusades really i don't know but i have to look into that you know in depth until i know the story this man went around the world maybe from continent to continent but certainly major cities uh, in the mediterranean and handed out so much gold to just people in strictly clean countries in all these major countries you have to take pride in who we are, learn who we are, learn what needs to be told to the next generation because so far, the ones that, I'm 40 something, and they're screwed up in here, man, so I don't know who they are. My elders, I ask everyone, what is it? So, and I'm talking about those that have, um, you know, some kind of, what happened? But to the point where the children now are so disrespectful to any adult. And I'm talking about black kids. You know we don't play that shit. But it is it it that it's just that's just what it is. So what happened? I have plenty of answers for that. 
And if you got any comments, please chime in. Um, I understand that, you know, they took a black man away. They did. Education. They did to separate the families and make people worse. Like they're doing right now, down the door. But I want to ask that court as if I'm asking each individual personally, what happened? Why are we so lost? Why do we have greatness in the